2-0, boys. What's that in the distance? Oh, I can see because I've got 2-0, vision. Oh, is that all that content I see? That's sweet, 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 content. 2-0, boys. 2020 boys, and if you are making um, a Po Boys soundboard, you're welcome for all of that. Please also send it to us after you've made it. That'd be great. Yeah, and email us. Email us. You'll find it. It's on an episode, one or two of them. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. But we love fan content. Um, our fans are oh, the we best. thrive on fan content, and our fans yeah. are the best. Yeah. Our fans, some of them, I mean, the fan, our fans made us um, our sweet, sweet po' boy sweatshirts, which you can get on Etsy. Our our fans have also gotten us Christmas presents. Our fans get us birthday yeah. presents. Yeah, they hang out with Pete on Mother's Day. Uh... Um, they get upset when we don't do stuff with them on Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, our fans are the best. And oh I yeah, say that, I don't say that often. And they're legion, and they're legion. And they're it's it's honestly some fan bases you just feel like you're a cog in the machine, but this is a damnly, okay? And that is yes, a Poe Damnly, Poe Damnly, from one of our first projects. <laughs> um, but we just, I mean, we have moved on so far from Damnly to just new new heights because. It's it's hard to see, you know, um, Poe Dameron down there um, from where we're at in our ivory tower of content. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, and are. I do I do want to quickly speaking of our fans report on um, you know our fans are always reaching out to us and just looking through our notifications and stuff. There's a lot to talk about, but I wanted to to highlight. Um, one fan here at Motucky Wing, uh, at Povoy's podcast, getting caught up on High Repo Timber. Josh sounds great, and uh, we we thrive on that feedback. It's it's excellent to hear that High Repo Timber, of course, was a huge success. It's the most um, probably successful initiative in podcasting, and uh, you know now we're in October. High Repo Timber has come and gone, but you know. That was from October second. We heard we heard that that I sound great and catching up on High Repo Timber. So still reverberating through the podcast community. People are saying it's um, the biggest thing in podcasting since the first season of Serial. So crazy, crazy. And we're still, you know, we're two hundred two hundred boys. We have nothing to do with that. Oh, surprise! I'm the other host of two hundred two hundred boys. By the way, it's me, Josh. I'm the other two hundred two hundred boy. Um, we teased that last week with mystery second host, and it is uh, it is actually me. And I am also the executive producer of this um, this shingle of, of Pope's LLC. So wearing wearing two hats, um, Pete is of course the assistant executive producer and the co-host. So we've we've got a lot on our plate for this, but just you know. Shout out to the fans for always reaching oh, out shout and out. saying how good I sound. Uh, always great to hear. I mean, would it kill you guys to maybe DM us or shoot us an email? You know, no freaking big deal. But, uh, you know, filling up every inbox we have with, with fan interaction, which is great because 
we're hoping to carry that that tidal wave of listenership that we got from High Repo Timber into this brand new form of Po Boys 2020 Boys, of which this is the first episode. Welcome. The seminal piece. And yes, as Pete would call it, the penultimate episode. The penultimate. And here's the thing, too. Episode one, the penultimate episode of 2020 Boys. <laughs> episode one, the best sequel. And I just want to speak to a few things, Josh. One, you know what, Pete, before you do, keep that in mm-hmm. mind. Genuinely, this, this is breaking news. I'm looking out my window, and I got new neighbors, Caddy Corner, across the way. Um, they are they are currently messing around with, I'm going to call it an eight-foot-tall inflatable Darth Vader on their porch. Wow. Which I take it is supposed to be halloween decorations because they're also hanging up halloween stuff but this is uh this is breaking star wars news which is the only reason i interrupt you we don't interrupt each other on this show and 202 of boys aims to carry on the respect that we have for each other throughout all the other iterations of po boys but breaking news these neighbors haven't spoken to them yet they're this big darth vader maybe i should go out there now and introduce myself on the pod well i'm not gonna do that you are recording on your phone, so you can actually theoretically go out right. into the streets. Oh, absolutely. I could walk over there right now and say, oh, I like your Darth Vader. I'm recording Star Wars podcast right now. And then you can say, what's your take on episode one of Visions, The Duel? Yes. Did you listen to subs or dubs? <laughs> I don't know how to listen to subs, so You've, it's only dubs. You really got to, I mean, I'm not going to say you have to work for it, but you do kind of have to work for it. Like... You've got to you've got to change the audio to Japanese, and then you've got to turn on the English subtitles. And... Oh, so I only got to the first part because I, yes. I I did English dub first, mm-hmm. and then I had time before we record this, so I was like, I'll listen to the English sub, and then click Japanese audio, and it was playing Japanese, and I'm like, yeah, my Japanese is good. It's not that good. Um, right yeah you're you're uh conversationally fluent in japanese but no 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 i I wouldn't say that and please don't do it please um i and i know what you're thinking and i know what every muscle in your body wants to do right now just don't please don't yeah not on week one not on the penultimate episode so a, a few things one and i'm sure this is a lot of people are like this um me it's I'm not I'm not alone in this, but my language in Japanese only goes so far as the boardroom. So sure. you are what they call corporate fluent. So yeah. So when we're talking facts and figures, when we're talking mm-hmm. spreadsheets, when we're talking about getting to point A to point A sub point A sub point B, then that's where some of my Japanese goes into play. But it's really for the you know the capitalist dog in me. Um, that's yeah. You've you've you speak the kind of corporate Japanese that allows you to enact microaggressions that dance between the raindrops of HR mandates. Let's just say I know when the stock exchange opens in Japan. Okay, mm-hmm. and I have been up um, in a virtual setting with my little suit on, but I'm wearing shorts underneath because they can't tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shorts, little suit, big shorts. Big shorts, little suit. I look great. Um, so there's that. There's that. We're kind of bringing it on ourselves to bring back big shorts. Shorts that go 
halfway down knee. between halfway between the knee and the ankle, but retain the sort of classic um, dimensions of shorts. So it's like you had a shorts on a boy and then you, you know, click on the corner of the, the shorts and you drag it bigger. But it, the, the, the dimensions, you know, the relation of the angles is all the same, just bigger, just big shorts. We're really, uh, we've one, made some investments and we do intend to bring that back. And that is about, a big sponsor of 202 Boys. One thing about getting older and you get a larger sample size each year of seeing people wear things and be like, oh, that person looks awful. I'm going to wear something along those lines. But when you're a kid, and this, maybe not for you, Josh, but for me, I didn't look at my peers and use that as a sample size of what I should wear. So I had um, plaid shorts that went like a few inches over my knee. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was like the vibe. For sure. Like, um uh, it was not and the vibe is what you make it and when you're an alpha i at this at this point I, I was thinking to myself this was back when i was super swole but not as you know chiseled swole as you and i are now right. i just kept thinking to myself those shorts are so like they're so constricting like my knees need to have air to breathe as i'm pumping iron as yeah. i'm you know um going coast to coast as I'm, you know, going hill both ways, you need some mobility. You need to let let those puppies breathe. Well, and skin to air contact is so important for the longevity of your joints and staving off arthritis. Tell fourteen year old me that, Josh. Tell fourteen year old me. Okay, he would have said, um, "Excuse me, who is this businessman speaking to me in Japanese?" And then you'd have to say, oh, "And why am I looking Japanese. at his knees?" <laughs> I'm fourteen. What's this guy doing? Am I about to get kidnapped? All this is to um, say, 202 Boys is, of course, brought to you by Big Shorts. Big Shorts. Um, we'll we'll have an ad for that later in the uh, later in the episode. And they did they did get the lightsaber on the inflatable Darth Vader to to finally stand up. They were really fighting with it there. It kept flopping. Uh, but I think they just had to blow it up a little more. So well, looking Josh, good. So you're you're a first year homeowner. No, is this your first year with Halloween or no? No. Okay. Is this your first year where we're actually going to do Halloween stuff? Or did no. you do some stuff? No, I'm still not going to do Halloween stuff. Are you going to be that person that, like, just has a bowl on the steps and they're like, take no, whatever? I, I, you know, I, I mean, I do trick or treat, but I, just, I don't know. I'm not going to buy a bunch of Halloween decorations. Okay. I just yeah. got an attic. It doesn't need to be filled up immediately. Oh, for sure. With nonsense. You know what you should do is you should get an inflatable. No offense, anyone who likes Halloween stuff. Get an inflatable Luke and put it on the other corner. That would be ideal. <laughs> Although you're but it won't have a lightsaber. I'm just gonna get mm -hmm. a giant inflatable blonde man. Oh, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I was, and I did cut you off <laughs> a uh... long time ago. Yeah, well, it looks like it's getting better a little bit now, but I was about to say, like, for me, my Wi-Fi was cutting out a little bit, so when you were like, my audio's so good, my audio's so good, I'm like, well, it's going to be cutting in and out with how bad my Wi-Fi is, but you're not going to realize this. So, Great. to the listeners, um, it seems like it's improved. I had to delete, I had to get rid of some stuff to 
get the bandwidth going. Um, and I had to have our tech person, Clevin, help me out. But is that going to be an issue with what we intend to do on this app? Oh, a hundred percent. So I'm, I'm going to, yep. I'm going to be kind of visually, <laughs> you know, my vision's going to be there for sure. Um, well, let's walk through this. We're, you know, we're still, we still aren't necessarily sure what 202 voice is going to be at large, whether or not we're going to do an episode per installment of Star Wars Visions. I'm just going to keep talking while my dog is lapping up water really loudly so that doesn't get captured on the pod. And she's just drinking and drinking and drinking. And I'm going to keep talking and talking to cover it up. And there's nine episodes of Visions. So we don't know if we're. And she stopped going to do nine episodes of 202 boys or what. Um, but I was thinking with this first episode, because they are so short and they, they fit within the confines of our, our hour long format, ugh, can I resync that one? Uh, that we may as well throw them on and, and kind of do a bit of a commentary track because we've got time to watch it and discuss it. So our intention is to, you know, hit play on this bad boy and if you at home want to do the same i don't know why you would you can and it'll be like we're in the room with you which is i mean people are constantly sending us messages hey will you be in the room with me and watch stars vision so this is your chance that said if everything pete has connected to the internet crashes when we try then maybe that won't work out but tentatively our plan for this episode is to to watch this first episode of Visions, The Duel, and talk along with it, and then discuss afterwards. Yeah, so this is going to be, what, 1410? Uh, a little shorter with, you know, the Visions introduction. and Yeah, so I have um, my TV, pa- I hit skip intro, and then I hit pause. Okay. So that's where so, I'm at, and I can hit play whenever works for you, and we can give this a go. Okay, and... You're so just for the listeners, um, you're on episode one, Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus. At this time, you can't really get it anywhere else. And then what's what's your timestamp? Nineteen seconds. Nineteen seconds. So um let's I'm gonna clue you in, listeners, on what you miss in those eighteen seconds. Um we've got this theme song or this theme intro transition, I guess. Um it's really nothing. We have no idea what visions is. Um, but it's a piece. It's a peaceful little transition to get into the episode. I, I have no other comment than that. They didn't do the typical Disney, you know, show different helmets thing. I don't oh, that's right, they, did. they didn't. Oh, what a small mercy. Yeah. So I was. That was my first comment. Like, oh, my my favorite thing. Right. Pete famously uh, has that tattooed on his back. All the helmets from that opening that I so dislike, and I famously dislike it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I disliked it before Pete had a tattoo of it, but I also now and I dislike his tattoo as well. It is also temporary. Everybody, my body is a temple, and I just can't have those. Uh, no offense to you know our, our inked out um, fans out there. Just for yeah. me, um, when your body goes through a transformation so often, like me, like I don't know what the next set of a six pack of my delts is going to look like. It and all your cells eat all the other cells in your body every 72 hours, and your body's a whole new body. So every yeah. tattoo is temporary in a sense because your body does consume itself and spit itself back up. You have a whole but, brand new body. But specifically for me, my body is so ripped and um, chiseled that that's 
it's just an unfortunate consequence. So no offense to our tattoo people. It just, my body can't do it for mm-hmm. sure. Sure. Um, okay. So we're going to cover this episode. So Josh hit start whenever, and then we'll just kind of talk some, talk over some things. Um, historically, um, Poe heads and um, vision, vision heads, I guess. Vision boys. You know, the uh, four eyes is. <laughs> hey, you four eyed fans. Um, <laughs> um, I historically am bad at commentary tracks. So, yeah, Pete, of course, thought commentary meant literally describing what's happening on the screen as it happens. So, if you want to go back, and I don't even think it's available anymore because it's like the fourth episode we did, but we did do a full commentary track on the Clone Wars movie. We'll be allowed to repost that. All right, I'm going to hit play on go. Uh, I'm on 19 seconds here. Three, two, one, go. And so, yeah, so we have the duel. Now, right from, well, the establishing shot, you can't tell because it's all stars, right? But as we duck down to this planet, kind of the aesthetic becomes apparent and we get that flickering and that film grain and it's in like sepia mm-hmm. tone, black and white. And I mean, to me, I'm immediately thinking of like the Toei studio logo from a lot of old Japanese films. And I was, I was immediately taken with the aesthetic. And that did a lot for me, Kurosawa fanboy that I am. So pretty pumped about that. How did the aesthetic grab you? So for me, it, I looked at the studio and I, I didn't recognize any of the work. So for me, it was a completely different aesthetic as I'm seeing this. Mm-hmm. I kind of got some like maybe this is um, Endor, the mood of Endor, if it ever was colonized kind of vibes. Um, we have a planet that's orbiting yeah. very close. Um, you can see in 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 the in the area um, when you are shown it. So then we have the Ronin. I don't believe it gets named at any point. And no, I don't think so hanging out in this village and one thing that might be a barometer so there's the Bechtel test for um how many um female speaking characters are there and like women do they talk to each other do they talk about something other than a man right um and I think that there might be a Star Wars test of does Pete know every single alien and if, if it's if he does what does that say about the episode because I could identify every single species that was in this episode. So we have the mechanic who is a, a Zolistan, like Nine Nub. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a little bit of back and forth. He's speaking Zolist, I can only assume. Then he starts speaking English. Oh, I can answer that. Because when you watch it in Japanese with English subtitles, the English subtitles explain that he's speaking Solistes or Solistanese or whatever. Nice. All right. Yeah. Which I would say, oh, that's canon, but we'll get into that at some point. Yes, our subtitles canon. And speaking of the Ronin, real quick, um, this is the only, uh, I guess, spinoff that I'm aware of of Visions is they are doing a a novel, Star Wars Visions Ronin, a Visions novel that's right. coming out. So they and they, you know, they position this as the first episode of Visions, so they clearly have. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of belief in this episode. Uh, so the raiders, the bandits, at this, yeah. the bandits at this point have come, and this. When I was thinking about this, I was actually thinking about you, Josh, because there's so many cool, um, different set pieces in all of these episodes. 
but mm. I could just see that Lego and being like, oh, that would be such a cool Lego set to make. Is that like, um, like transport crawler thing? Yeah, they're all that they're all going in. Yeah, for um, sure. Let's talk potential canon because at this point they are saying that you know none of the vision stuff is canon yet and it's very much just sort of like i don't know star wars influenced type stories and i don't think that they bogged themselves down with with canon which i think is is very cool and i think yields more unique stories but if we were going to try and play that game this episode and the the raiders in this episode and then are you know some some stormtroopers in in future episodes they've got the first order stormtrooper design and this i don't mm-hmm. think it's exclusively the first order design but you you do see a lot of that first order stormtrooper helmet and it i'm probably grasping at straws here but disney is kind of long bemoaned i guess that star wars movies tend to not do well at least in china i'm not conflating japan with china but i don't i don't know if it's the numbers at large in in asia at large aren't as you know good as like marvel movies and stuff i guess tend to do better or something the star wars movies not so much like the sequels and i i don't know i wonder if like the more recent star wars movies i don't know i guess what i'm trying to get is i'm 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 wondering if maybe the first order design resonated more um with with the folks working on star wars stuff in japan like if maybe for whatever reason they're less precious because i feel like if this was done in america and it was a bunch of american animation studios doing it it would be covered with just every original trilogy reference they could fit in there and you'd oh, have, for sure. and, and you wouldn't be having you wouldn't be seeing this like first order aesthetic is i guess the only thing i'm getting at here. i mean we do we do see the i think there's a reference to i have a bad feeling about this yeah. In, in one or two episodes. but Yeah, for sure. I, I could definitely see... I mean, I get Mad Max Fury Road re- vibes a little bit from mm-hmm. from this for sure. I think it's certainly set, you know, post-episode nine. But there's also, like, such a lack of emphasis on technology that it could also be, you know, 200 or 300 or whatever, however many years, like, before the High Republic so yeah absolutely it it could take place anywhere so they're not really bound by anything um and speaking to how impressive i am with all of the um guards we have that trandoshan guard that's like um has the really cool big sword we have that gran which is that three-eyed monster with the 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 helmet and then we've got a cool doug that's like like killing machine which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. um so it is it's an interesting take of all of the people in the village are white humans and yet they hire other species bodyguards to help them oh no the solist he's a mechanic so um i don't really know what was going on there of like you know you have only humans and then like a few examples of just the ones that are and gratuitous violence are the ones that help. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. And throughout all of this uh, mediocre discourse of ours, of course, we have neglected to mention the umbrella lightsaber, which is oh so cool, come and gone. But yeah, uh, and that hair, boy oh boy, what a design well, on this uh, Dark Lord character. I I, I made a comment to um, my mom. Um, big fan of the show, probably listening now for sure. 
of I equated that lightsaber attachment, the L, the umbrella, which she used in very cool ways for sure. The like um, levitating, um, oh, and man. running that one dude through with it, and then spreading it on the other side of him was was pretty intense. Yeah, and also using it to deflect. Um, like it, it definitely did not seem like it was just this ridiculous tool. Um, it. It was seen more as like a, a tool of terror to bring into it. And then she takes it off when she's, you know, about to have to fight somebody that knows what they're doing. But I equated it to like, you have a vacuum cleaner and you have all these di- cool different attachments. And then you throw those attachments away when you have to like get down to business and like just um, vacuum up the key essentials um, when you make a mess. But um, so cool. Um, we don't, I mean, they don't explain anything, but it's, you know, human woman great. versus a human it. guy. Love that they, I love the utter lack of exposition. And I think one of the strong suits of these shorter installments is they don't have time for that. So they don't waste time with that. We don't get, you know, none of these characters even have names. Um, this lightsaber battle on the river and on the tree trunk is really something. Uh, it, it is really something I, I would be losing my mind if this popped out. Like, like you could, you could throw this lightsaber battle to my mind. This lightsaber battle could be the climax of, you know, a feature star Wars film. And it's also something that you're like, you look at the episode seven Kylo versus Ray in the forest. And you think of just the lack of imagination. There wasn't that fight. And I never really thought of it that way. You know, I, I like the duel enough. You know, it's not a top moment of mine in Star Wars, but seeing what, you know, they're doing in this forest environment makes you kind of um, say a what if to some of the live action battles that we've seen before. Yeah, and it's sort of a like a middle ground between because it's it's interesting you said that you weren't you weren't like blown away by the battle of the end of Force Awakens, and when I think back on it, um, you you know, action wise, you're you're right. It's not there's not that much going on there. I think it's more to me like it resonates enough emotionally that I'm still mm-hmm. captivated by it. But you're right, like it's not it doesn't, you know, the, yeah, that throne room scene in Last Jedi is is much more crazy. But you have this battle here in the duel. I think splits a nice difference between you know, let's say your end of New Hope lightsaber battle or your Force Awakens lightsaber battle, which is fairly bare bones, and then your end of episode three battle, which is just throwing everything on the wall and lights and sound, and it's like being in a rave. And this one is, you know, has an excellent and unique action set piece, but it's not, like, bombastic. Oh, Um, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Right here, splitting the waterfall with the log. What a move. What a move. Um, yeah, and it's it's funny because in the episode she says, you know, we don't we don't play fair, mm-hmm. and he she you know we don't know anything about this Ronan. We know that the Ronan's not a Jedi, and presumably is Sith or ex Sith or something, but there's no reason that he plays fair either. Right. Um, and we we get to see the interaction where he causes droid to um take out like all of the stormtroopers that are left um the one thing i'll be remiss is the final the final species that's in this is there's a tuscan raider randomly there yeah and they do a a pretty pretty much one for one homage to the 
Tuscan Raider raising his gaffy stick in a new hope. Yeah, he does. He like bashes somebody's head in and then gets shot like nine times. Now, if I'm this guy getting just the umbrella without the laser part of it, this guy's like, mm-hmm. whoa, thanks for me. I'd be like, what is this? This is for television? This is what? This is satellite? Nobody has satellite TV anymore. What is this? This is for he's me gonna... to get electrocuted if I want? No. He... He's going to be uh... like, or he's going to get, he's like, I have this outdoor chair, but, you know, I never get to be outside because the sun's too bright. So he's going to turn it into an umbrella. And then he'll be able to drink his sweet, sweet calf, or I guess it was tea. So I guess tea's a, a thing in Star Wars now. Uh, I'd buy it. On, on the kettle. So let's go back. We we get to the death scene between the Sith and the and Ronan. Um, very classic, like, Sith being too over-aggressive, not really mm-hmm. realizing what's happening. Now, do you think that the Ronan was stronger than the Sith or he needed that tactic in order to win. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I would have to watch the battle again, looking for that. And I've got roll credits on my end here. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's about a strength type of thing. He, um, I don't know. I think, I feel like, you know, being a, being a Ronan, a dude on your own, you know, answers to nobody maybe just comes with an edge because you're really all you've got to work with. Whereas like, I think this dark lady, dark Lord lady is coming in a little cocky because she represents something a little larger or she is like at the top of an organization. She fits within a hierarchy. She has, you know, might on her side or whatever. Whereas this guy's, you know, sparse, Spartan, agile. I don't know. And now, so we, of course, get the reveal at the end of the episode. I mean, so him drawing the red lightsaber is is pretty cool because you're expecting, oh, it's like a lone Jedi showing up. to, And then he draws a red lightsaber and that's got all kinds of questions. And at the end, you know, he cracks open the Dark Lord lady's lightsaber and takes her kyber crystal and shows that he's got a bunch of red kyber crystals in his coat, gives mm-hmm. the, the new one to the chief of the village. So, I mean, that... And then no explanation, though. No explanation. So in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, not to spoil anything, but, like, if I was going to read a book about one of these Visions things, this guy would probably be the one. It makes sense that they're going to do, like, if they're going to do a Visions novel, then it'd be after that. But on the other hand, I'm like, this really gets my imagination going, and I don't know that an answer will live up to me speculating about, like, what is this guy doing? Like, is he a Sith? Is he a Jedi? Is he just a guy with a vendetta against the dark side who's using the dark side to punish the dark side? I don't know. Very exciting, though. Very unique take. Well, and this is one, there's a couple of them where I'm like, this actively adds to what I understand of a main canon thing. So we're going to watch, at some point, um, Tattooing Rhapsody, which Mm -hmm. is set, like, dead set in, like, episode, between episode three and four. Um, So it can kind of get added into the woven into the narrative of what I already know. But for this, it's just, it's a standalone, you know, um, the empire or whatever, something falls remnants exist. Um, very similar to the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian, there's a lot of people that are believing that it's like the, 
what becomes the first order that we know is just basically stormtroopers loosely connected to each other, functionally becoming pirates. So we can kind of see it's a different take on something that we've seen in rebels something that we've seen in resistance. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. I know that I think you and I talked about this, this being your, one of your favorite episodes, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I should divulge, <laughs> but yeah, this was, this was my favorite. Uh, and I mean, I, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, Oh, once again, star Wars is doing like a, yojimbo or seven samurai episode now to be fair where star wars has done pretty much beat for beat seven samurai three or four times over they haven't necessarily done a yojimbo episode yet of you know so i you know i'm a little more open to that they did like there's there's definitely some heavy homages to yojimbo like in the uh season two episode of of the mandalorian where um certain clone wars favorite shows up but they haven't done like an out and out Yojimbo type thing, which this is this is heavily homaging. And I love Yojimbo. I love Kurosawa. I love a little extra touch. I think that they did with only having certain things in color: the lightsabers, the lights, the bolt blasters. There's some roots for that in Kurosawa's films as well. High and Low and Sanjuro are both black and white films with very only very specific things showing up in color. Um, only for a, a very certain times in the movies. So I enjoyed that and I, I thought it looked very cool. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. I, and I, the aesthetic, I mean, we're going to talk about it week to week, but the aesthetic in these episodes, you know, varies drastically. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you know, just some of them didn't appeal to me and some of them definitely did. And I also, you know, I spoke about the, the edge of balance that manga that they did for High Republic, reading it, just it kind of feeling more timeless for being in black and white. And I think the same kind of goes for this installment where it, I don't know, the black and white and the, you know, artificial kind of film grain they put on it made it feel like a bit of a relic or something. Or, you know, it just, it gives, it gives this science fiction world this kind of, agelessness that is uh you know very compelling to me in star wars yeah i i would say this is probably top three and there's a few of them that i would i i've watched again since um before we even you know started recording these Mm um i was getting kanan vibes a lot i was like oh they just like took kanan's like uh design and just threw this out there yeah now the first time i watched this i watched it japanese audio and english subtitles i watched it again today uh the english dub and it's fitting because i also watched the fast and the furious tokyo drift today with director commentary and the voice of the ronin is brian t who plays Mm -hmm. the drift king in tokyo drift uh, I thought he did an excellent job in the English dub, and I believe Lucy Liu is the the Sith, Sith Lord. Lady. Yeah, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. I thought she was very good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't recognize the Trandoshan and the droid. They both um, had um, like pretty distinct voices. Mm-hmm. Um, although these names on Wikipedia, off the top of my head. Um, JP Karliak was the Trandoshan, who is a voice actor 
that does a bunch of things I've never heard of, but he's a, he's a, a, a voice actor by trade, and I thought he did a good job as a Trandoshan. Um, and then the droid, oh my gosh, what was the droid that got really upset that his Trandoshan master was killed? That was that was a little surprising to me to see that kind of emotion from mm-hmm. it. Um, that was Michael Sinter Nicholas. Um, who also played the Tuscan Raider as well. Um, yeah, one of the bandits, and I'm looking at the credits now, and that's not the case, but one of the bandits who like addresses the village is like, all right, cough it up, punks. Definitely sounded to me like Clancy Brown. Um, voices Ryder Izzati and Savage Press and plays um, probably our least favorite character in The Mandalorian, the big devil guy. Mm-hmm. Lurge or something, but He's got a very distinctive voice. Mr. Krabs, you know. And I was like, is that is that Clancy Brown? But no, no, it's not Clancy no, Brown. Not. I don't know who it is because the troopers are just <laughs> identified as troopers A through F. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I thought I thought the voice acting was all on par. I definitely, I mean, th- this one in particular, I guess because of the aesthetic, I imagine the voice casting for the dub of this was, was I think, particularly important because I, I don't know that I don't know. I don't know that just any voice can slot in. Like you don't want somebody sound it like me, you know, like you're recording a podcast in 2021 or whatever, you know? So I imagine that the, the voice casting was, was very important for this one. And I think they did a great job. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think I, I was not familiar with Brian. I mean, looking at Brian T, I, I obviously have seen stuff with him. But that name didn't stick out of my mind immediately. Lucy Liu did. I, I could recognize yeah. that was Lucy mm-hmm. Liu. Um, which is also a different role than she's ever done before because she's always like the the nice female protagonist that can like fight very, very well. So this was, you know, a we're gonna, you know, kill villagers and extort them to kill you and I'm gonna kill you with mm-hmm. an umbrella. And so real I'm, quick, I'm, name all the Lucy Liu things you've seen. Name all the Lucy Liu films I've seen. Yeah, just real quick, just so everybody knows what you're talking about. This isn't a Lucy Liu um, podcast, so um, it's not something I necessarily need to like be able to just like list off the top of my head. Um, but you know, certainly Kill Bill um, Volume mm-hmm. One is mm-hmm. is on there. Um, Charlie's Angels is something that I've definitely seen. Nice. Um, Chicago Kitty Baxter. Um, is also a thing that, you know, she's definitely known for. Mm-hmm. And then elementary, you know, um, where yep. she plays. Um... And we're going to take a break real quick. Just a quick reminder, 202 of Boys is brought to you by Big Shorts. They're just the same as regular shorts, same shape, same dimensions. All the lines and contours are the same um, relationship-wise to one another. All the angles, just bigger. Past your knees, halfway past your knees. Um, between your knee and your ankle, big shorts. And we're back. And Pete, go ahead. Don't want to wear pants, but your shorts are too short? Big shorts. They're the shorts you need. We're not talking uh, about capris. Not talking about capris. All right. There's not the slit on the side for capris. The big shorts. Big shorts. And they're in three colors brown, gray. And mm, white, white, white. Yep. Yeah, I sorry. I just have the copy print with me. I, um, it's a little bit dark right here. Um, but here's the thing. Um, 
I think we're good for today. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I've touched on everything and, and spun my wheels out enough. Yeah, and I just can't wait until we cover next week's episode. Oh, boy. Which, um, it was a singing episode that you only watched in um, English have not, sub. have not watched the dub of that episode yet. I will and, watch it before we record. And doing the commentary cast with a, with a singing episode is definitely an interesting take. Um, Good point. Good point. Yeah. But um, our email is poboyspodcast.gmail.com. You can follow us on our socials. And we will see you next week in 2020, boys. 2020!